It's Live at Five Sports with Todd and Suhan. Bill in for Todd this week as we're brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort. Uh, Jim, uh, Dallas Keuchel, he's made three starts. Uh, they've all been kind of unique, and I tell you what, that was pretty good yesterday. That was remarkable. I had a Twins official walk over to the game, so this is why I love baseball. You would never predict this, but you also can't not predict it because it's amazing how often that happens in baseball. He's a very smart, accomplished pitcher. Uh, he had one pretty good start. He had one terrible start. Although, if you remember that Phillies game, a lot of those hits were kind of soft hits. And then yesterday, uh, he was brilliant against the Pirates. Um, he just pitched incredibly well. All kinds of intelligence. Uh, his fastball topped out 87-88, but he spotted it well. He teased hitters. He used uh, what seemed to be a very large strike zone to his advantage. Pitched with incredible intelligence, but also with enough spin on his pitches that when people put it in play, they couldn't do much with it. Uh, and now, and I talked to Rocco after the game, he said, are you thinking about a six-man rotation? He said, we just got out of a meeting. We're talking about that. Uh, you know, Ryan is coming off an injury. Maeda is coming off Tommy John. Ober's over his, you know, his pitch a career-high innings. Um, Sonny Gray has had trouble finishing off starts. It might be a great thing for this team to have six competent starters. Not many, not most teams only have two or three. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a perfect solution. I was kind of wondering otherwise who is going to be the odd man out, but uh, that might just be the the solution. Uh, you know, like you said, that Philly game that uh, yeah, he really had some bad luck in that one. Uh, yeah, he did, and, and you know, I hate making excuses for professional athletes, and sometimes the excuses are just that. In that case, I can't say he pitched well, but I don't think he pitched as badly as the results indicated. Twins are up by six now. That's a pretty good-sized lead uh, when you think of uh, you know the other teams in the division. Uh, they do have a, a tough series coming up at home uh, with Texas, but, hey, the Guardians are playing the Dodgers this week, so uh, I don't expect them to gain any ground on the Twins. Uh, you know, you can't predict how baseball is going to go, but six, a six-game lead with 37 games left, think of it this way. The Twins go 19-18, and 18, which wouldn't be all that impressive or that difficult. Twins go 19-18. Uh, to catch them, the, the Guardians would have to go 25 and 12. That's hard to do. So, you know, you don't want to get complacent. Uh, but, you know, as much consternation as there's been in Twinland over, oh my God, they're not, you know, they're playing in a bad division. They're only winning so many games. I mean, the reality is every team starts the regular season wanting to win their division. And if, if you could guarantee them that they would win the division by one game, they would take that on March 30th or whatever. The Twins are in position to win their division and go into a playoff series with Pablo Lopez, who right now is pitching as well as anybody in baseball as their game one starter. And guess what? Randy Dobnik game starting game two. They'll have Sonny Gray or Joe Ryan or Kenta Maeda or Bailey Ober. Uh, they just need to win the division. And all this talk about style points is really missing the point. What about getting some of these other guys back uh, from injury, like a Byron Buxton? Is that going to kind of... Uh, change things at all, do you think? Because some of these other guys have been doing a pretty good job filling in. Well, you know, Kirilov isn't close. Buxton isn't close, but they want him to start preparing to play center field. Um, And, you know, Brock Stewart would really help out, but he's not close either. So those are three pretty premier players. you got to go with your best players. So Michael Taylor's done a really nice job, but Byron Buxton's best is way better than Michael Taylor's best. It just is. And if you're going to beat people, if you're going to try to win a World Series, you got to have your best players out there. So they want Buxton to get completely healthy, work out in center field, and be able to play center field as going down the stretch. And then, you know, their goal all along was to have Byron Buxton in center field in the playoffs. 
there's still a chance of that happening. Also, I've been told by a lot of Twins people that Byron not only did not perform well as a DH, he also did not adapt well to the role. He would have his first at bat, and if he made an out, he'd go mope in the clubhouse for a couple innings. He, he doesn't know what to do with himself between at bats. I think him playing center field will really clear his head, get him back in an athletic frame of mind, and you might see him hit a lot better, too. Yeah, some guys just uh, just aren't suited for that, and he does seem to be a, you know, a, it's a poor uh, match for him to be the designated hitter when you are one of the best defensive you know, players at your position, or perhaps even uh, no matter what the position is uh, uh, in baseball. Switching to the Vikings, I didn't even think of the game until it was in the fourth quarter. Uh, it sounds like they didn't play any of their, what, uh, top uh, players that they're protecting on the roster, so what do we really learn from a game like that? Not much. It's basically a special teams and backup battle, which is fine as long as you don't overhype it. It's, it's fine. You know, um, I, you know, there are a lot of little developments. Uh, Dwayne McBride, the running back who looked terrible in week one, looked better in week two. I don't know that he looked good enough being on an NFL roster, but at least it looked a little bit better. I think we know that Nick Mullins is the backup quarterback. That's not much of a competition. Um, uh, Ulioto, probably the biggest red flag. Ulioto is supposed to be the, uh, uh, backup tackle uh, for both tackles, Brian, you know, for O'Neill and Darasaw had a horrific game. That's got to scare them. Um, wide receiver is going to be an interesting battle, an interesting cut down day because they have a lot of talent at that position. Uh, let's see. Lewis Seen looks does not look good. Um, we can make excuses for him, but he just does not look good right now. Uh, and Brian Flores has already opened up the playbook and trying to really mess with opposing offenses. So, you pick up you pick up some stuff. It's not a very entertaining game, but if you just if you you know if you're looking at it from our perspective, just trying to figure out the roster, you do get some hints. Well, again, they're going to have joint practices uh, this week with the opponent uh, Saturday, Arizona. Uh, does that mean we're going to pretty much see very little of the starters again on Saturday? Do you think? Yeah, O'Connell pretty much told us that on Saturday night. He said, "Hey." We're going to get we're going to get as much work as we need to get in uh, with our starters against the Cardinals during the practice. Um, that'll give them four high intensity, uh, you know, number one against number one offense and defense practices within a two week period. And the game the game is really going to be a, a competition for the last spots on the roster and the special teams. Uh, Anthony Edwards had a very good uh, series uh, with uh, Team USA in that uh, basketball showcase. Uh, you know, we all know he can score, but, uh, you know, uh, apparently he's a pretty good uh, all-around player. Now, what was the competition like in that in that playoff? Well, it's basically, uh, you know, it's, it's world, basically five FIBA World Cup uh, exhibitions leading into the FIBA World, uh, you know, the, 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 the championship, which is basically kind of a pre-Olympic thing. And listen, you know, LeBron James isn't on this team, and, uh, you know, Steph Curry isn't on this team. It's not the Olympic team. But it is a group of very good players, and Anthony Edwards is by far the best player on the court. Um, Sunday, they were playing terribly. They were well down to a pretty good German team, down by 10, 12 points. Uh, second quarter, his teammates barely looked at Anthony Edwards, and it looked like they were going to get beat pretty handily by Germany. They were not running much of an offense. It just looked like a terrible performance. Second half, Anthony Edwards absolutely takes over, dominates the game, scores 34 points. And after that game, here's the interesting thing. After the game, Kevin Garnett, Kendrick Perkins, Steve Kerr, you know, pretty much the whole NBA world is saying, uh, this is the best player on the court. This is our leader. Uh, This guy is going to be in the MVP conversation this year. So I think what's happening here is that 
um, you know, national and international basketball observers, it's very easy for them to overlook the Timberwolves or anybody who plays for the Timberwolves. Now you see, you take what Edwards did last year, which was impressive, and what Edwards did in the playoff series, which is really impressive, and then you add in him dominating on the international scene, and all of a sudden you're, you're make, he's making a lot of believers out of people. They're looking at him saying, okay, this guy could be the next superstar. Well, and if this Cat-Gobert combo can work, maybe the Wolves can actually you know, win a playoff series this year. I, listen, I think if they're healthy, they're going to be a very good team. I think if Cat had been healthy all year last year, Cat went into the series uh, season with an illness, and then he got hurt. We just never saw him actually get to compete. Um, I, you know, he, he didn't get to acclimate with those guys. I still think it can work. Um, I think if Edwards elevates his game, and it looks like he's going to, if Cat's healthy and is, you know, one of the best, you know, scorers and shooters of his size in NBA history, and Gobert's in his second year in the system. I think they're going to be a very good team. Well, I tell you what, we deserve it after all these years of being Timberwolves fans. <laughs> they haven't had too much to show for it, but uh, I know the fans respond. You give them any kind of a, uh, a taste of being a winner, and they seem like they can, uh, they can sell that place out. This is a good basketball town that has been depressed by bad basketball teams and dysfunctional basketball teams. If they're good, uh, people will show up. All right, Jim, thanks so much. We'll do it again tomorrow. Looking forward to it, Bill. Thank you.